football on off the ball with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports now there is no doubt this is an interesting time in English football when it comes to football ownership Chelsea has sold of late Newcastle sold of late and it's now just over three months since Liverpool went on the market and now the Glazers have decided it's time to get out as well to discuss all of this and Manchester United in particular where there is a soft deadline this Friday for uh, those interested to name their bid we're joined by Nuruddin Chowdhury a football writer you would have heard him on the Guardian's Football Weekly and you can read his work on the Republic of Mancunia amongst other places Nuruddin great to have you on yeah good to good to be here thank you thank you for inviting me on Chelsea was obviously its own unique set of circumstances Mike Ashley was waiting to sell for a very, very long time. It is quite striking that the two biggest clubs in English football and beyond are on sale within three months of each other. What do you think has triggered this exodus? Um, I think a lot of it's got to do with Super League, um, whether that's going to happen or not. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of the owners were banking on that happening um, and then they uh, they saw the tsunami of, uh, of sort of uh, bad... Uh, press they got for that and uh, the the fans views so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that had a lot to do with it but um, but yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird and depressing that two of the biggest clubs in the world definitely the two biggest clubs in the U- in, in 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 England are uh, are up for sale and it's been talked about as not a great time to sell interest rates are historically low for uh, the de- decade really plus after the uh, crash are now very much on the rise. There just seems to be a, a threat of impending global recession in the air. Uh, I heard Matt Slater on The Athletic making the point that increasingly uh, the word seems to be in financial circles that uh, Bowley has uh, way overspent at Chelsea. So in many respects, you would think it's a tough market. Uh, that said, petrostates aren't exactly governed by uh, the market. So Qatar's interest in particular has caught the eye. What's your understanding of the nature of the Qatari bid? I mean, I, I heard a little bit of uh, Philippe Auclair, um on your show the, the other day, and he's far more uh, knowledgeable on the on the subject than I am. But um, I still believe that there's an understanding that it will be uh, um, individuals who, who are putting in the bid. But um, there's, there's, there's so much about that that, that I find hard to believe. Um, and this idea that UEFA can already be comfortable with the fact it's got nothing to do with PSG and their owners. Um I, I can't fathom how they can come to that decision. I I, I don't know how, how they can. Uh, I don't know how that that understanding can be there when um, surely it would need some sort of investigation. Yeah, Jim Ratcliffe, uh, long-standing, very public interest. He's seventy years of age now. Uh, chairman of Ineos is certainly uh, in with the bid as well. Uh, Qatari's in with the bid as we understand it this Friday. Uh, do we know generally how many bidders Manchester United are expecting? I mean, I think broadly it's 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 supposed to be well. There's talk of there being five main bids, but um, certainly the ones that have been uh, very public have been uh, obviously the Qatari one and uh, Jim Radcliffe. Uh, Jim Radcliffe in particular uh, seems to make a habit of being very very uh, public about what he's doing without necessarily doing anything. Um, I do find it. I do find it. It's slightly strange where you've got fans essentially twerking 
for a billionaire that they know very little about, apart from the fact that he he claims to support the club, and he may well do, but they know nothing about what his plans are, whether he's actually got plans to to seriously bid for the club and and uh, and wants to do that, or it's just uh, another bit of publicity. Um, I think I think that. Uh, there's there's a lot of talk about the Qatari bid and that's that's um unwelcome personally for me for all sorts of reasons. But um really there's I don't see a good answer. Like you like you will in a world where really billionaires should not exist, and if you look at any any um entity or individual worth billions and billions of pounds and they are comfortable spending that on a football club, which which is essentially either a plaything or a something to squeeze uh, revenue out of. Um, it's 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 kind of depressing all around. So this idea that there's a white knight out there or, the, or there's a virtual virtuous answer to the fans' prayers, um, I don't think there is. I think I think at best um, the fans will have to keep on fighting for what they believe in and what they want the club to be. I, the word seems to be the Qataris will pitch their bid somewhere in the four billion to four and a half billion vicinity glazers are looking for six what's a billion between friends i'm sure uh, something acceptable will be found uh, there is a sense with newcastle we saw the glee with which the saudi investment uh, was greeted with and and similarly at, at manchester city uh, over a decade now uh, there was just um, adulation in the air. And that is because that money had a transformative effect on those clubs. It was the winning lottery ticket. That's not quite the case at Manchester United. They've spent a billion in transfers over the past decade. They are commercially a behemoth. They don't need the Qatari money in the way that Newcastle needed the Saudi money, for instance. So what's your sense? And this is a difficult question because I don't know how many fans we're talking about here. But I, let's start in Manchester and work our way out. What's your sense of the Manchester United fan base? Are they... Uh, do they see themselves operating on a slightly higher moral plane because they don't need the money or are they as desperate to get uh, Middle Eastern oil money into the club as every other fan base seems to be? I, I mean, unfortunately, like, you'd love to think that your club is different and, and your fans are different, but um, I suspect there's not much difference between clubs and and uh, rival fans and, 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 and specific fan bases. I think... Um, it's the same with I mean New, I know Newcastle fans I know City Manchester City fans who um, don't subscribe to this need to essentially defend their owners against any criticism whether that's financial or whether that's moral or ethical and uh, it will be the same for United in that there'll be lots of fans that are absolutely uh, gleeful at the moment at the prospects of what this could mean in terms of getting Mbappe and get and and. Uh, Reading the area around Old Trafford, but there'll be lots of, I know lots and lots of fans who are, at best, uh, conflicted and at worst just utterly depressed at what they, this could mean. And uh, it's strange because, in a football sense, um, United haven't had it too good in terms of bragging rights, and and it's it's been so it's been so frustrating to see the leeches at the club at the moment uh, in terms of the Glazers. Um, taking money out, taking money out of the club instead of putting money in. But one thing we didn't have to face was the uncomfortable feeling of having owners who are um, 
well, essentially, essentially state ownership and all the ethical and moral problems that come with that. And although City and Newcastle and others may have benefited on the pitch, off the pitch, the fans have had to make their peace or remain conflicted about that. And it's just depressing that now that's happening with United fans. Um, it's just it's just utterly depressing that football fans have to suddenly become experts in geopolitics and uh, human rights uh, situations where really they just want to um, be part of their community of of fans and part of um, a part of the club they love. It is very grim. There is no doubt. I suppose maybe a counterpoint to that would be nobody has to be an expert in these matters to understand very quickly the objections you would have to Qatar taking over, for instance. That that wouldn't require uh, PhD levels of scrutiny, you know. And I, I think, particularly post the Qatari World Cup, there's nothing being done here by stealth. Like, it's a very interesting time in that when uh, the Manchester City takeover happened. Uh, that was probably the real beginnings in English football of, 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 of sports washing, as we might understand it. You fast forward to the Saudi takeover at Newcastle, that became very contentious and that seemed to prompt very serious discussions and talk of, right, OK, you know, the, 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 the bridge is coming up now and football has to be regulated. That, that was the mood music around Saudi Arabia. We've had so much talk about Qatar and now the test case of all clubs, the test case is Manchester United. So, you know, I think there's an argument that Manchester United as a fan base uh, can't claim any naivety, can't say, oh, we don't have to be experts. I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see to what extent United fans do mobilise here. Well, we're, we're complete, I mean, I couldn't agree more, but but, but I'd, I'd also argue that um, other clubs that uh, had... Or, or, or sort of um, were bought by nation states. Um, they were fully aware, like in in the same way United fans will be fully aware. So there's no there's no sense of of ignorance about what's happening because first of all, uh, it's it was covered by the media and it is being covered by the media in terms of uh, these new owners for, for these respective clubs. But also fans, both within the club and rival fans, will 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 bring will bring those things up and. What I find uncomfortable is that anyone who expresses a concern or or outright is against any any sort of takeover of this kind, mm. they are they are being being branded self righteous right. and uh, and somehow um, so, so, so somehow being virtuous in in, in a sort of um, artificial way, and it's not. It's genuine people who have got genuine concerns. Yeah. Um, about serious problems and and more, where, where, whereas whereas you could imagine a situation where people are really happy and they're being criticised for being happy about that. It's it's almost the opposite, where anyone who expresses a concern is almost shouted down as as being a naysayer, as being negative. And it's and it's this idea of like, well, what do you want? This is an argument. The, the, the two main arguments is what do you want? If you don't want the Qataris, what, what do you want? Do you want a hedge, a hedge fund or yeah. equity sort of like a takeover? Yeah. But there's, there's no, first of all, there's no perfect takeover. So what you do is you criticize and fight against any takeover on, on its individual merit. And secondly, the, the, this idea of goodies and baddies, of having like a white knight coming in, there, there is never going to be a perfect situation. It's, it, it's a little bit like politics where 
people want to get rid of the Tories. But then if you if you criticize Labour, it's a case of, oh, don't criticize Labour because then because that that helps the Tories. Well, no, because everyone deserves the correct amount of criticism. And it's not a case of there has to be a goodie and baddie. That's derivative, um, redundant sort of uh, thinking. Mm. Like in Manchester United, we are talking about probably the most fabled club there or thereabouts in the world, historic uh, you know, rich history, uh, certain traditions, which uh, the Glazers in particular have probably undercut, but still like a, a genuine kind of a history. Say the Qataris come in and say there is uh, a regular deluge of stories about human rights issues in Qatar. Uh, say there are openly gay employees at the club who voice their disgust at this takeover. Say, you know, it, it's a regular... Uh, discussion point in press conferences. Uh, to what extent will all future Manchester United endeavours, trophies won, successes, uh, just be undercut by a Qatari takeover? And and I'm not even sure the answer to that. By the way, that sounds like a leading question, as if I'm prompting you to say, "Oh, massively, it will it will it will be an asterisk forevermore." I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. Maybe it quickly just fades into the background. Well, I mean, if it, if it fades into the background, then sports washing has been effective. That's that's the bottom line. It, it, it shouldn't and it mustn't. And again, it goes back to this thing of, of if if owners take over your club, the thing is fans have got no no real say over that. They can protest, they can make a nuisance of themselves, they can make their voices heard, but really they can't veto or stop a takeover happening. So mm. in that respect, football fans can't change anything. Yeah. Um, in in a very direct way. However, you do not need to become complicit, absolutely complicit in in defending and becoming becoming a suddenly becoming an advocate of that country's practices or those owners' um, sort of um, ethical um, activities. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's that's the key thing. And and if I'm being honest, th- there's no simple answer to this, answer to this. By the way. Mm. The easiest thing to do and the most moral sort of thing to do would be if you are against the owners and what they stand for of any club, then walk away. Walk away from that club with your your head held high and you want nothing more to do with it. Therefore, you are not complicit in any way. You're not supporting them. You're not watching them. You're not going to games. The problem with that is that's so hard to do when it's such an important part of your life. It's it's it belongs. It sounds twee and it sounds it sounds so sort of um uh saccharine but it belongs to the like clubs belong to the fans it belongs to a community that that community has always been there and just because billionaires are playing these little games of, of like buying and selling and w- w- with with ridiculous amounts of money it doesn't stop it being your club so if you accept that it's you can either walk away and if you don't walk away then you can do your best mm. to not be a cheerleader and as i said don't twerk and don't suddenly become a defender of of everything that your your owner stand for. You you, are, you have a you have a really strange situation now where say say Qatar are still interested in Liverpool, and so it's either Liverpool or, or, or Man United. Yeah. Does that mean, depending on what happens, suddenly the whole of the fan base of Liverpool or the whole of the fan base of United suddenly defends Qatar to the hilt? 
and says, well, actually, this is happening in Qatar and they've improved this much and only this many people died when they were building stadiums. Or actually, you can do this in certain areas or in the privacy of a hotel. Why should a fan base suddenly turn on a dime and become cheerleaders for for, for owners that have bought the club. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. So it, it, it depend depending on what happens, either Liverpool hate them, either Liverpool fans will come out and say, "Oh, it's oil money. This is disgraceful." All the ethical implications, and and United fans are defending them, or vice versa. That should not be the case. Whether it's your club or it's not your club, you should feel the same way about what these countries are doing. And again, people will say, "Well, what about the Glazers? They're American. Look at all the things America are doing." This 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 country's um this this club's owners are from England. Look at all the atrocities that uh, England and Britain have undertaken throughout the years, throughout the centuries. The difference is whether it is affiliated to the state or not. If 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 um if 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 the if United Kingdom, the government bought a club, then you could bring everything into it. You could bring everything about empire, about food banks, about the way they they treat the poor, about the about pillaging the NHS. You could bring all of that in, but mm. that's not the case. Mm. And it's the same with America. If if, if it was if it was government money, gov, government money that was buying club, then you could bring all those things into place. And but it, because it's not, we don't. Where when it's affiliated to a state, that's when it becomes complicated and that's when it becomes very serious yeah. and it's the same it's the same thing with spurs i don't know this talk now that's of, of, of spurs saying that they're not for sale i don't know if that's true or not but if the iranian businessman came in as far as i know he's not affiliated with the iranian state and therefore it would be different if, if he was affiliated with the government with the government of iran then there'd be all sorts of ethical implications there Th that's that's essentially the difference I learned fighting in 2018, watched it in Cook Park and I thought I was going to throw up. Like it just, it was a horrible feeling. You wanted to win, but you just felt like, oh my God, if, if they do win, they haven't been there. Like, is it worth it being over here? Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, you, you've kind of captured the whole situation perfectly there. And, and you are absolutely right, depending on who Qataris might take over. Uh, between Liverpool and Manchester United, one said, uh, one fan base will be horrified at human rights and condemning the other and uh, vice versa defending and, and, and engaging in what about and, and it does seem to just go along party lines I guess um, you you know made the point like it's it's grim now to be a football fan you have to have some kind of expertise almost of or you're expected to have some expertise in these matters it is like where I do agree with you totally it, it's uh, it's such an indictment that the fans are like the last hope of, of the Qataris maybe being dissuaded of, of, of putting in this bid. I mean, the extent over the last decade to which football regulation has just been totally caught uh, with its pants down here, unprepared for this, you know, this this uh, mass invasion almost is uh, so striking. I mean, it's too late. <laughs> Whatever, like, you know, any, any hope that so, you know, it was said after the Saudi takeover at Newcastle, well, we're going to have to look at this now. Uh, like, that's forlorn. That's gone. And for a community institution, which is what these clubs started as and what they really should be, uh, to use your word, it's just completely depressing that we're here. Completely. And and, and the, thing I, the thing I find frustrating is, absolutely, like, go if, 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 uh, 
if fans are being giddy and wearing tea cloths on the head and doing that kind of thing and saying, we don't care where the money comes from, we're going to buy Mbappe, then go after them, criticise them, sort of like point out the uh, moral implications of, of what they're saying. But it annoys me that football fans are held to account um, far more publicly and far more sort of stringently than than governments. Yeah. And again, again, this this idea of how could this happen? It's because it's allowed to happen because there's this laissez-faire attitude, and and the free market will 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 um will win out. And it's the same reason why the NHS NHS is slowly being sold off, or or and, and both major parties are are in some way sort of uh, supportive of of some kind of private element of that coming in and and the, and the same way that this that this outrageous arms deal arms deals being agreed um on the on, on the same on the same in the same week that we were talking about sitter and about the the finances and about how there's going to be an investigation um the government were 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 negotiating um a, tr- a trade deal with the same people and and an and, and and there's all sorts of arms deals in, um, with 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 Saudi Arabia and all these other places. Why why is it football fans have, who have to answer to those questions about um, ethical ethical implications and human rights uh, situations far more than 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 politicians, for instance? And that's not that's not letting football football fans off the hook, but it's all part of the same picture. And it's this and it's this sense that do you protect what's important? Is the NHS is the NHS important? Well, then protect it. Is the is the national game important? Well, then protect it. Stop this from happening. Is is London? Is the fact that people can't afford to live in London and all these skyscrapers are owned by by foreign entities? Is it important or not? And if it's important, put protections in place. It's the same with Manchester. Manchester is being sold off, and Man- and and, the, and these high rises appearing all over Manchester. And they're being bought up by by um, foreign entities, and that's fine to a certain extent because why shouldn't we? It's it's capitalism. Yeah. But what's left in the end? What's left? You, you, you talk. You spoke at the beginning about how it's the worst time to buy or sell a, a club because of the global turndown and and uh, interest rates and th- th- yeah and 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 all those implications. Really, who? When when economies suffer, when when there's a downturn in 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 global finances, who suffers? It's the people. Who benefits? It's the billionaires. They find a way of 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 uh, taking full advantage of that. And again, it won't affect them. It's a different world. It's a different world for billionaires who are who who have got all this money to spend. I mean, I hate I hate to sort of um, bring it all um, turn it all sort of massively political, but forty billion pounds. Sorry, forty billion dollars a year, um, up to twenty thirty, could eradicate world hunger. So every billionaire, every multi-billionaire who who buys a football club or or invests in these trivial things, they're making a choice not to solve world hunger. And 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 it's and it's that it's that idea of of whoever takes over your club, they will not be perfect, but fight against it. You, you as you as a fan of a football club suddenly become really important you and, and your importance can either be becoming a cheerleader for for the for the new owners or um being uncomfortable for them bringing bringing up issues bringing up situations or bringing up reports about from amnesty international if if you can be a nuisance be a nuisance and 
the way I feel about Manchester United is we are we are well versed in the last uh, how how many ever years it's been of hating the owners but loving the club and wanting the club to do well. And even if the club have success or buy a buy a big name player, still you still hate the owners and you still hold them hold them to account. So if we're so used to that, why can't we have the same energy when it's a different issue? It's not about putting the club into massive debt. It's about LGBTQ plus rights. It's about workers' rights. It's about the families of workers who died still haven't been given any money or 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 any sort of um livelihood beyond the fact oh sorry somebody died in your family the person the person who went over to qatar to to make your life better and to pay for his family they're no longer here you've got no income but but we're not gonna we're not gonna sort of look after that we're not gonna look at the implications of that of that financially bring these things up it's just a, like person i just find it utterly as i said before i find it utterly depressing that uh, I've listened to your I've, I've listened to your programs and, and and I really enjoy them and I'd love to talk about football but this is going to run and run it's going to be it's going to be less and less about football and it's yeah. going to be more about empire building and <laughs> and all these uh, nation states that yeah. are competing against them against each other. One last uh, quick point to get your thought on, uh, Nuruddin. So I haven't heard this clip, but it, it, uh, one of the guys outside mentioned Gary Neville have been talking about the prospect of Qatari ownership on his podcast so I'm, I'm as curious to hear what he has to say as uh, well maybe you've heard it already but many people listening are so uh, here's Gary Neville uh, giving his take on potential Qatari ownership I feel it's a little bit like the devil in the deep blue sea you know if you if, if there's someone buying Manchester United for five billion pounds it's either going to be a consortium of US investors or it's going to be a Middle Eastern state or a Chinese or a Russian state. It won't be Russian at the moment, obviously, but it would have been sort of two or three years ago. And the reality of it is you look at it and think they're all imperfect in some ways because they all have their imperfections. My view would be it's more important that whoever comes in commits to no dividends, no debt, building a new stadium or rebuilding Old Trafford and investing in it heavily to refurbish it, rebuilding the training ground, making sure the sporting project is absolutely top class, making sure that the fans have a, a great participation, making sure that there's a regeneration of the Old Trafford area and the local community, making sure there's fan affordability. Whoever comes in with that manifesto and those pledges, for me, is the right owner of Manchester United. Because I don't think at this moment in time, I or you can determine who the who the Glazer family de- decide they're going to sell to. They're going to sell to the people who give them the highest penny. In terms of, say, for instance, Qatari owners or Saudi Arabian owners, that horse has already bolted. We're sat here in an Abu Dhabi-funded Manchester City stadium. We're, you know, we go up to Newcastle, to a Saudi Arabian-funded Newcastle. So- Newcastle's fans prefer Saudi Arabian ownership than they do to Mike Ashley, who's an English businessman. So the reality of it is at this moment in time, I'm not sure how Manchester United fans are going to react to any level of ownership. But the last thing I think they will want is another US or leverage buyout type debt placed on the club from any type of consortium. I think they want a debt-free club. So for me, that's the most important thing. That's pretty interesting, Nuruddin. Um, Neville is highly intelligent, highly influential, is well-versed in matters of sports washing, uh, as Ian Hislop can attest, and, and various others. Uh, he That is right there. I mean, it's put eloquently. It's put eloquently, but when you boil it down, he's basically just saying, show us the money and I don't care. Well, I mean, I mean, what, what he's doing there is, is, is he's answering the question in terms of football. 
he's an, he's answering purely in terms of um, what's best for the club, what's best in terms of what the uh, fans have been lobbying for, um, and to that but, extent, but best best for the club on a very pragmatic level, not the wider soul. If if that's the appropriate word to use of Manchester United, which which he of all people would surely um, prize. Yeah, Super, superseded by pragmatism. Do you think any yeah. influential former Manchester United players will... It was interesting, Roy Keane at the World Cup um, put things very bluntly. Do you anticipate any former players who were influential now in the media taking a stand against this? I mean, not not especially, but but I, I'd, I'd, go, I'd go back to that thing. I mean, first of all, in terms of soul, I'm not sure what that means in terms of... Um, in terms of the soul of Manchester United, um, because uh, to me the soul is the fans. That's the beginning beginning of it. Yeah, so, I, so it. I suppose then let's accept that point. Mm. Um, it is the fans, and therefore, who should represent them? What 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 yeah. what are they forced to support and and be represented by? Well, I, think, I mean, I mean, in in one sense, th- there are there are sort of fan organisations like MUST, and 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 there's also. Uh, a, I believe there's also fans that sit on, on on some kind of committee within the club, but really the fans are everyone, sort of around the world who 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 sort of has an affiliation affiliation with the club, and that's what I mean about about making yourself known. This this whole idea of what about it of like, well, is there any point in criticizing um, like a Qatari bid because? If it's not a Qataris, then it'll be Russians, or then it'll be China, or, yeah. or it'll be a Chinese bid, or it'll be an an American investment bond or whatever. That's really irrelevant because whoever takes over, it might not be the Qataris, but whoever takes over, interrogate them. What about it isn't doing nothing? What about it is looking at all of them then? Have that have that same energy for everything. And it was it was it was the same sort of argument during the um, World Cup where people were saying. Well, what about the fact that the there's been World Cups in in Argentina when when the Junta were in charge, or what about what about the, the next World Cup where where, where there's going to be uh, where uh, the, the state the United States are in uh, part of that part of that sort of um, three three country sort of a uh, hosting uh, group? Well, I mean the the answer is keep the same energy when it goes to america don't suddenly don't suddenly make qatar the anomaly don't suddenly be like oh um we we didn't really care about ethical issues but we did for that world cup and then we won't i kind of understand why it didn't happen before because the world has changed yeah. and especially with social media people are far more aware and far more tuned into what what's happening around the world ethically and morally and and in terms of human rights and all sorts of issues but from now on keep the same issue um, sorry, keep the same energy. If it's in America, talk about the issues over there. If it's in if it's in Germany or England or wherever, keep the same energy. Look at the sort of ethical implications. Look at the moral implications. Absolutely. But this idea of well, um, because all the all the potential owners will be imperfect to some extent. Yeah. Let's let's just focus on the football. Let's just focus on the facilities. Let's focus on being debt free. Let's focus on uh, the the fans having to say that's all great. But why not have major concerns about about things like LGBTQ plus rights and about workers' rights and how people are treated from all sorts of backgrounds in those countries? And again, it, it goes back to that thing: if it's state affiliated, then the state 
um, comes on to, under interrogation. Otherwise, it's sports washing. So it's it's never a case of like, well, let's separate that out. Let's just it's the World Cup. Let's se- let's just focus on the football. We can focus on the football, but we're always gonna we're also gonna focus on the other stuff because that's massively important. And and if you don't, then as I said, sports washing is ultimately one. And this idea of like the soul of the club, whoever takes over will will sort of um, play that game. Sure. So they will listen to the fans. Um, there'll probably be some some um, things that they'll bring in, like oh, we're gonna put football club back on the on the on the club badge. Oh, we're gonna um, we're gonna bring a, a fan park in. We're gonna do this for the local community. As as city owners have done that kind of thing as well. Like, but in one sense, you could say, well, that's that's good for the soul of the club because it's back to what it what it means, what it should be, uh, incorporating the fans. But really, I'm not interested in these arguments about oh, the soul of the club is dying. The the soul the soul of the club, as I said, it's the fans. Because if it's the if you're talking about the club. That soul has always been diseased. Sure. It's been diseased under under Martin Edwards. It's sure. been diseased under the Glazers. It's been d- diseased under L- Lewis Edwards before Martin Edwards. It's it, there's always been dodgy, corrupt people in charge of football clubs. Yeah, and we know that and we accept that. Yeah, but the soul is the fans, and and the fans. If the fans just sit back and allow sports washing to happen, then what what is the point? What's the point in any of this? Because because you want to, you in a way in a strange kind of way, even though it's it's it sounds wrong and it's massively hypocritical, you can have you can kind of have your cake and eat it. Unless you walk away, you can still support the club, but still give a shit about all the important stuff that the that are outside the football element of it and 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 that the owners represent because that's important and and never let go of that. Always be a nuisance. Yeah, well. It's definitely more complicated than Jack Walker and Martin Edwards. Uh, Nuruddin Chowdhury, thank you so much. Great chat. Appreciate you coming on. It was fun, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Our football show coverage brought to you by Sky. Catch the biggest live Premier League games every weekend on Sky Sports.